There's a great, big, beautiful podcast shining at the end of every day. There's a great, big, beautiful podcast, and the podcast is just a dream away. Episode 15 starts now. Do you ever think we talk about Star Wars too much down here? Is yeah, do you ever think... Is there such a thing? <laughs> I feel like, uh... I feel like ten years ago, people would have been like, Disney and Star Wars? I know, like, this is a Star Wars podcast. What are you guys talking about? <laughs> yeah. All right, well, the next few will be more, more Disney. <laughs> Welcome to the Great Big Beautiful Podcast. I am Justin, and here is Jamie. Hello. And we're here today with a fantastic episode. Every week's fantastic. Um, and we're going to be talking with a great artist, and Jamie's going to tell you a little more about him. Yeah, this week we're joined by Jeffrey Brown, who uh, to nowadays is probably most well-known for his uh, Darth Vader and Jedi Academy books. Uh, and if you're not familiar, the Darth Vader books are, there's a series of four. Um, they're, uh, each page is a single panel that reimagines Darth Vader as a loving but awkward father to Luke and Leia. Um, the first two, um, which made the hugest, the biggest splash, are uh, Darth Vader and Son and Vader's Little Princess. Um, and the Jedi Academy books, the third book is coming out at the end of this month. Um, follow a young Padawan through Jedi Academy slash middle school and his trials and tribula- tribulations therein. Um, they're just adorable books. They're, they're amazingly well done. Um, but Jeffrey has a long history as a cartoonist and as an author and artist. Um, if you just go onto Wikipedia or on his website and look at his his bibliography, it is incredibly vast. And we're just just thrilled to have him here today on the show. First of all, thank you for joining us today. This yeah, is great. Thanks, thanks for having me. Um, and I guess I wanted to go all the way back. Um, and I was reading a little bit of your bio and it says, um, I know you got an MFA from the School of the Art Institute of Chicago. Um, and I wanted to know what led to the switch over to comics. Well, you know, I... I mean, it was kind of a switch back to comics. So I grew up reading X-Men especially, but just a lot of the Marvel superhero comics and, um, you know, grew up dreaming that I would, that that's what I would do was draw comics when I grew up. And um, by the time I got into college, I was more into fine art. And uh, what happened was uh, after college when I was, getting my MFA at the School of the Art Institute, I uh, was making paintings that that I wasn't happy with and that the the faculty wasn't happy with. They just weren't working. I was trying to to push my art somewhere, but I just wasn't expressing the ideas that I wanted to to about. Um, Specifically at the time, I was interested in just making work about relationships and um, intimacy, and it... So just to kind of take a break from the paintings and everything, I, I was like, well, and also the art had like stopped being fun for yeah. in a way. And so I was like, well, drawing comics when I was a kid was always fun. And I'll just, you know, try to draw comics like when I was a kid. Yeah. And I started doing that and then realized like, this this is the form that I can really express myself, that I can really get these ideas across in. Yeah. Were you able to use a lot of the techniques and skills and stuff that you learned? To, well, like, did it translate over to comics? Well, not, I mean, I kind of consciously 
try to to cut out all the techniques and kind of start start fresh. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you look at my first book, uh, Clumsy, um, it's really rough and really just, you know, it's like drawing straight in ink with no planning and letting the yeah. mistakes sit on the page, um, which also, I mean, that tied in conceptually to this idea about, you know, being in a relationship and making mistakes and um, that being part of the process. Um, and but now over time, then all that all the all the art training kind of creeps back in in different ways, and um, I try to keep that that kind of expressiveness that you get when you're kind of not so self-aware of technique. Mm-hmm. Um, but but at the same time, try to you know try to let things evolve naturally and kind of incorporate um, different things. Yeah. You mentioned Clumsy, um, which is where you started in comics. And you see, so you started with a, a series of very personal autobiographical books, um, Clumsy and Unlikely, and you know books um, like that that followed. Um, and what surprises me, or surprised me, um, was that even with the Star Wars books that you're doing, your work has remained pretty auto- autobiographical to some extent. Um, and you just sort of couched it in the Star Wars universe with the, you know, the cute cartoonies, Luke and Leia. Um, but do you think that's true of most creators, or do you think that you've tapped into your own life and put it into your art more than most? Um, I mean, I think it's true to some extent for for most creators that are doing their own work. Maybe mm-hmm. not necessarily with licensed properties as much, but right. Um, I mean, I think anytime you're you're making art you're some of you is going to be in there in some way yeah um and then maybe maybe for me it is a little more than than normal and um yeah i don't know that's not a specific plan so much as just you know that i'm i'm interested in making art that comes from from deep inside and and um, that like tapping into that emotional side of things, you know, just kind of yeah. inherently requires, you know, using my my own experiences for it to be authentic. I think. Yeah, and it, it's a it's the reason it was surprising is because with something like licensed properties, it's not something that you often see. Is that you're not reading a Star Wars book and seeing, oh, I I feel the author's experience in here. Um, yeah. but you, you've incorporated it pretty organically. So it doesn't scream, this is my life story, or these are experiences I really had. It's just, it, it plays very naturally. Yeah. I think it's been, I've been fortunate in the nature of the Star Wars books I've been able to do. So with Jedi Academy, um, you know, it's middle school set in the Star Wars universe. And so it's just, that one's kind of easy to just take these, you know, universal middle school ideas of, you know, just being awkward or having someone do something mean to you and you don't know why, right? you know, having a, having a really close friend and you get in an argument for no reason and then you're friends again and, um, you know, you you screw up a test or you, you all those, all those things are just, you know, so it's easy for the, for me to like use my actual experiences in those. And then with, with Vader and son, it's just, um, the filter for those books, the the Vader series, where it's taking 
um, parenting and looking at it through the Star Wars universe. Um, then it's yeah, it's again, it's just you know taking my own experiences as a parent. Yeah. And so, um, but you know, it's like if you're writing a a prose novel about Darth Vader and you know for the expanded universe, sure. you, you you can't <laughs> you can't break the rules in the same way that yeah I'm able to with, with the comments. Let me draw on my own experience as a Sith, and what did I do in this experience <laughs> situation? <Yeah. laughs> um, um, go ahead, Justin. Sorry. Yeah, I remember the first time I ever the first time I saw one of the Vader and Sons books. I I even remember where I was because it was on a featured table at a bookstore that I went into. And I was just looking at it, and I was like, "This is, you know, this is brilliant." It's not often that you see a licensed property, you know, being uh, put together in this way, where you have the. And I was just wondering, like, how did that be? How did you start with this? Where did it come from? How did you, you know, where did how did you get to focus on Star Wars? I mean, so I I grew up with Star Wars, of course, and um, so I'm a lifelong fan. You know, grew up with the movies and the books and the toys and trading cards and um and so even though like a lot of my comics work has been autobiographical to start i'd also been doing kind of things that tied into that those interests of growing up and so i did a transformers parody and i did a superhero mm-hmm. parody and, um and so the what happened was the the guy who runs the google doodle team um as a guy I'd met before, and he knew my my autobiographic work, work uh, specifically, but you know, and was familiar with with the kind of the the sci-fi humorous stuff. Um, and he contacted me about uh, possibly doing um, some sketches for a doodle that they would use in Father's Day. And the idea they had was to show how awkward an everyday father-son moment would be <laughs> between Luke and Vader, and so. You know, and I was, he knew I was a dad at that point. He, you know, all my autobiographical comics are awkward everyday moments. And, <laughs> um, and he, you know, he figured I was probably a big Star Wars fan. Or he may have known that. I yeah. have made references. So, um, so I did a, my son was four at the time, and I thought, oh, I should make uh, Luke four and then just put, Vader and the, all the situations that I'm in as a parent. So I did, you know, maybe a dozen sketches um, at Lucasfilm. Uh, knew was working with Google, so they were on board. I was super excited, like, like I was mm-hmm. going to actually get to do, draw something like official Star Wars. And um, in the end, Google decided to use a different, different concept for for that Father's Day. Oh no, they didn't even use it. <laughs> they didn't even use it. But then. So I was really bummed at first. I was like, oh, that was like such a great opportunity. That would have been so awesome. And I thought, well, maybe I can just, you know, do it as a as a little mini comic on my own, um, just sure. for my own amusement, because I was really having fun with it. And I wanted I I didn't want to turn it into like a full parody where I'd have to change names and characters and um, you know, part of part of what made it so fun was using the actual quotes from the film and the actual scenes and you know there's there would just be something different if it wasn't Darth Vader, actually Darth Vader but just some kind of cheap stand-in for Darth <laughs> Vader you know it wouldn't have the same effect yeah. and I wouldn't enjoy it as much so um, but I worked with Chronicle Books before and realized you know they've done a lot of books with Lucasfilm maybe they could they could 
take it to Lucasfilm. And so I took it to Chronicle. They took it to Lucasfilm. Uh, it turned out there was someone at Lucasfilm also who knew my autobiographical comics. Oh, wow. And so he kind of lobbied for it, and everyone kind of liked the idea <laughs> um, anyway and the sketches that I'd done. And, um, and so then they, they gave the go-ahead. You know, it was kind of a lot of just the right timing, just the right people. and Yeah. And, and I've been hearing that with all, a lot of the different writers we've been interviewing. It seems like a lot of creative projects are like just the right time, just the right place type of thing. Yeah. So that's really cool to hear. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, a lot of it is, is you know, you, you, you have to put the work in. But um, right. if you keep putting the work in, then those opportunities come up and it's just being ready for those opportunities. So I'm sure there's opportunities that I've, I've missed, but... Um, you know, stuff like this. Like yeah, you're just, doing okay. Seems amazing. <laughs> Professionally, I think you're doing okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, do you do you see yourself moving back toward uh, something that's more like straightforward autobiographical? Um, yeah, I, it's it's one of those things where I feel like I've covered most of the territory that I was yeah. interested in in covering for time being. So. Um, you know, people. The one thing people ask now is, "Are can I write about being married and having two kids?" And I've done. I did a book called "Kids Are Weird," which is, I guess, autobiographical, but it's really just funny things that my son Oscar said. Yeah. Um, so it's not necessarily my specific experience. It's more of like a gag book. Um, but uh, I. So I think there needs to be a certain amount of distance before. Yeah. I you know, can really process what I'm, what I'd be interested in writing about like yeah. my current experiences. Um, and so I do have plans. I'd like to do kind of an, I did a mini comic called process, which was just about, um, how I create my comics and, um, just kind of a short, short comic, like, um, how I come up with ideas and how yeah. I, what materials I use and I'd like to do an expanded version of that with some of like anecdotes from from the the, the career side of things. So like the time I did a Simpsons comic mm-hmm. and got in trouble for posting something in my blog that I didn't <laughs> even, oops, um, oops, lesson learned there. And, uh, you know, just you know, just kind of and anecdotes about you know being at a comic convention and and you know having someone kind of talk extremely critically about your books, not realizing yeah. that it's you sitting there <laughs> at a table with your books and just, you know, some of those experiences that would be kind of interesting yeah. and then combine that with. Um, yeah. And for somebody who's outside of the industry um, in, in, or in a different industry or somebody who's trying to break in, things like that I think are fascinating to read. Um, you know, sort of like the... Not just the here's how to do it, but here are things that you probably would never think about, and yeah. you know most people who are in it have already lived through it. Yeah, I mean one of like, I think one of the examples that I would point to is actually a Star Wars book. It's the the uh, the big making of uh, coffee table books that that uh, uh, Brinsler yeah. did for for Star Wars Empire Strikes Back and Trinity. Yeah, and those are just such fascinating books to me just because it's not just about, you know, it's like the, the acting and the directing and, 
but there's like the business side and and the way he, everything's woven together and interdependent and you know yeah. you get how how they were negotiating with the studio but at the same time they're in Tunisia you know trying to film and these weather conditions and um, like that behind the scenes stuff is really I think yeah interesting yeah it's fascinating I love that kind of stuff too um, before we uh, move away from the Star Wars stuff because we could talk about this for hours. Um, but both series, um, Darth Vader and the Jedi Academy, they're both ongoing. The fourth Darth Vader book just came out. The third Jedi Academy book is about to come out at the end of this month. Um, if you want, can you talk a little bit about each of those and how far do you anticipate each of those series going? Well, um, yeah, so Jedi Academy 3 uh, wraps up the storyline of the main character, Rowan, and, and um, you know, it's kind of his, the end of his his middle school. Oh no, it's the end. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> yeah, and so that series, um, I I'm kind of I don't have any more to do with his. Like I didn't think beyond uh-huh. that point for his story, and and also it'd be really hard to continue to do his story. You know, like because at some point he would have to get older. Sure, and the nature of the experiences would change. So, um, but I like sometimes people ask if like if like that would be a cartoon, and I would love for that to be a cartoon because one of the limits of that book is that it's told all through the perspective of of this one character. It's like his journal entries and right. the comics he's drawn, and so a lot of the other characters don't really get to exp- get to um, be developed and. So it'd be kind of fun to have have an outlet for for that, mm-hmm. um, and then Darth Vader and friends. Um, you know, I kind of covered a lot of the parenting territory, and yeah. felt like I needed to do something different. And also, there's a lot of I've used almost all of Luke and Leia's and Vader's dialogue. Yeah, <laughs> so, like you know, there weren't many quotes left for me to mine. <laughs> Um, but there's a lot of other characters that that I could use, and so um, so the new book kind of expands out and gets away from just super Vader centric. Although there's still a lot of Vader and you can get in it. I have a question from uh, a, a, one of your fans. I have a few, like a bunch of people I asked, um, and that it kind of goes in line with that. Is will the new movies possibly open up new parenting pairs? Like Han Solo or Luke with their son or daughter, etc. That's from Christian and Victor. Yeah, I mean that's that's something that that um, is definitely interesting. I mean, you know, having my kids and having seeing my parents um, is just the grandparent relationship. Mm, yeah, kind of interesting. Um, and uh, so for the Vader series, this is the last book for now. Um, oh. And I'm kind of taking a break from that too, just, just, just for my own creative well-being, mm-hmm. just to. Um, so it doesn't feel stale. I, yeah, I just I don't want to beat it to death. Yeah. And I don't think I, you know, I don't think I need to like like if I'm going to do another book, I want it to be just as good. And sure. Like, like Darth Vader and Friends ended up was was hard to start because of that. Like like I felt like oh man, I really kind of used everything and then and then I kind of found a way that to 
there's a lot found the things that I hadn't um, used and got new inspiration. Um, and so, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing the new movie just as a fan, and then I can think, you know, later on about um, what I can do with it. But um, yeah, I don't have any specific plans, but I think that's that's something that I'm interested in, is like seeing those new relationships and what I'll be able to to come up with from those. Yeah. So. It's the end of the road for Darth Vader for now. It's the end of the road for Jedi Academy. Well, it's the end of the road for Roan. I don't know if you're yeah. planning to do anything else. But um, I've, I've seen mentioned that you're working on a middle grade series called Lucy and oh. Andy Neanderthal. Oh, yeah, yeah. I should. I should. I should. <laughs> <laughs> the, the thing I've been, it's actually, um, I've been working on it for a couple of years. And it kind of got delayed partially because of Star Wars and partially because it's it's um it's been the most difficult book for for me to work on, on really? that. Um, because I wanted to do something about cavemen or about Neanderthals that was uh, based on more of the, like, the current science and research. And like if you look at the history of of kids' caveman images, like you know, it's like the Flintstones where they're living with dinosaurs, or Captain Caveman where he's just mm-hmm. like this ball of fur that pulls telephones out of his <laughs> fur or, you know like just whatever he needs and um or even like the most recently the crudes yeah yeah they just kind of make up their own laws of physics yeah <laughs> and it's like it's cavemen set in this fantasy world so uh so i did a lot of research and that that took took a lot of time trying to Make sure I knew the material as well as I could, and then, and then, there's new research coming. So like even while every I've day been, while I've been writing the book, then there's like things like, um, I mean, a lot of it doesn't affect the story per se, but just like small things like that affect, yeah, um, related parts of this of this of the main stories, and um, and then just developing this new cast of characters like we're um, trying to get away from the Jedi Academy thinking and like, like, okay, these aren't, this isn't just a new version of Rome. This is a different character. And so, so while working at Jedi Academy, it'd be hard to like, handle on these characters because I'm still thinking about those characters. And, um, so is it, is it a chapter book or is it like a hybrid book like Jedi Academy? It's more, it's more comics. So it's more of a graph novel. There's a little bit of text. So, um, there's bits of information interspersed, and there's two paleontologist characters that kind of will come in and talk about things at the ends of chapters. Awesome. Um, but it's more straightforward comics, and, and it's split up into like a dozen chapters. Oh, that sounds great. Um, and which is also, you know, a different different way of organizing things. And, um, but it, I finally gotten to a point where, where it all came together and was making sense and the characters were where they needed to be and the story was where it needed to be. And um, So I'd, I should be starting the final art soon as um, as soon as the copy editing and the, the vetting is, is done. Having a having some paleontologists look at it and make sure that I'm I'm not totally <laughs> you're not you're up. not crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and who is that going to, is that with Scholastic? That is actually uh, going to be with Random House. With Random House. And what's the target for when we people might be able to see that um, on the shelves? So it should be out next summer. 
I think. Okay. Um, we're we're hoping for July, so and hopefully we're still still on track for that. But you actually get a there's a going to be a uh, short story preview. Um, there's an anthology called Comic Squad. Mm-hmm. There was one that there's a volume that came up this year that was uh, Comic Squad Recess was the theme, and then um, next January it'll be Comic Squad Lunch, and so there's a like a 14 page Lucy and Andy story in there that will. Oh, fantastic! Your first glimpse of the characters. So, so we'll, we'll keep an eye out for that, and it's, yeah. it's hopefully going to be the first of a series, correct? Yeah, um, I have it planned out for three books, and I actually have like the the what's the the basics of books two and three, and what what information I want to include. So, um, unless something happens when I'm writing book two, and it it seems like I don't know where to go, <laughs> like something changes, but yeah, it should be should be three book series. So, um, excellent. Excellent. Justin, do we have another listener question? Um, yeah, uh, it's more of a, a reflection question. Uh, Simon says that he, he wonders if you ever stop and realize how influential your books might be for kids. Um, he says that he thinks you're defining the original trilogy for a new generation because his daughter uh, sees that the Luke and Leia relationship is central to her understanding of it. So does that ever, the hearing those kind of things, does that ever like... I don't know for me um, it would like blow my mind, but it's, <laughs> yeah, I, that's that's why I try not to like think too hard about it because it does it is kind of mind blowing, and every once in a while I'll I'll get a letter or or you know someone at a signing will will say something and I'll realize like wow that's <laughs> yeah that's big. I mean I think if I if I think about it too much the the danger is that it it can become really intimidating. Like, right. you, know, you know, like the idea that that your your vision of or your version of of this this Star Wars thing will be but like someone's first exposure or someone's like like that's like the thing twenty years from now but yeah. they go, Oh I love Star Wars. Oh yeah, there was that book I read when I was a kid. Like and that'll be like their entry point. Like that's seems like a huge responsibility. And right. um and I think part of the reason that I was able to, to do the books was when I did them, I was just, you know, I, I didn't think about that. I was just thinking about like, I love star Wars. This is really fun. And I just want to, you know, uh, just kind of have fun with it. And yeah, I think, um, I think hopefully that's something that, that, you know, like Abrams with the new film, has has uh, kept in mind like you know like this the original trilogy like they're they're supposed to be fun they're fun yeah, movies right. and and so worrying about you know like ha- having the keys to the kingdom and you know, it how, seems like he's kept the joy yeah. in it yeah yeah but I, I will say for my daughter you were your books were one of her first exposures to the to the movie she she saw the Darth Vader and Son Invaders Little Princess. We had those books, and she just tore through them um, before she actually saw the movies. Um, so she was spoiled. Thanks a lot. Spoiler alert right there. She already knew. But so she, which was fascinating to me, though, is because she went into you know the first movie, she went into A New Hope already knowing that they were brother and sister, which is how a lot of kids these days will watch yeah. the movies. Mm-hmm. Um but so yeah, so you 
you know, it's not, we're not talking just 20 years from now that your books are going to be influential to the younger generation. I think they're already having that effect. Yeah. And from my perspective, you've done all right by her. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, try, I mean, I feel like culturally, the like, it's almost like common knowledge that, that Luke is Vader's son. Yeah. You know, it's, you kind of, and it's weird how, you know, like, I mean, my son knew all the Star Wars characters before he seen the movies, read, yeah. read any books. You know, like, he knew nothing about, like, he, I don't know where he picked it up, but he just absorbed, like, he knew all the characters. He knew R2-D2 and he knew Darth yeah. Vader. And, mm-hmm. um, and the other thing that is weird is, like, you know, like, you know, he read this Darth Vader and Son book. He watched me write it. And but when he saw Empire Strikes Back, like there's still like he was still kind of surprised, like yeah. by that revelation. And so yeah, I try. That's I guess the spoilers is like the one thing like a, kind of like oh you know it's hard, but you know we we live in an age where yeah I don't really like, see that as a spoiler yeah. anymore though. Yeah. So I mean that yeah I guess that's what I would say is like you know it's just. It's just out. It's it's out there so much. Yeah. There's so many references. Like it's, you're, you're gonna kind of have it, and I think it's it's the movies can still have that impact. But you know, yeah. it's like same same for me. You know, when I go watch, like I'll never have that moment of of impact that Empire Strikes Back had. Where like, <gasps> yeah, that's just, exactly. <laughs> you know, like it's um, you know, it's like a once in a lifetime. Yeah. Oh, man. So, yeah, I, I don't think you can worry too much about it. Yeah, you shouldn't. You shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> so, you directed a video for Death Cab for Cutie, and I love their music, and I never knew that you uh, you directed that that video. So the song is "Your Heart in His Empty Room," and it's a fantastic song. But I'm just curious about how that all got set up. Did you already know the guys? Um, well, that was another one of like just the right people at the right time. So, I mean, it actually started a few years before when I, I, um, I met a guy at a Wizard World convention um, and kind of became friends. We would see each other at conventions and uh, we would hang out uh, in the same town and correspond. And, um, and he... He, uh, one year at Comic-Con, I was like, hey, I want you to meet this friend of mine, Aaron. And so he introduced me to this, this guy, Aaron. And, and then uh, it turned out Aaron was also friends with the guys at Giant Robot. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Giant Robot's booth at Comic-Con is always right across the, from Top Shelf. So I'd become friends with them over the years. And so then I was hanging out with them at Comic-Con, and, and Aaron was hanging out with them, and we'd just met. And so... Um, kind of struck up this friendship with Aaron, and it turned out that that Aaron uh, was a childhood friends with with Nick Harmer, who's the bassist of Death Cab, and right. um, and so Aaron uh, kind of showed them my books at some point, and you know Nick's a comics fan, and you know they, so they were kind of ex- introduced to my work through. Through Aaron, and then Aaron's also a video or a director, and he and Nick came up with the idea of, of directions, which is to do a, a DVD with a video 
for each song in the album plans, mm-hmm. um, and each video directed by a, a different person. And um, the process was they they were going to invite just all different creative people to pitch ideas, and then they were so they invited you know actual directors, they invited artists, animators, photographers, just all these different people that whose work they liked. And um, the, you just had, we were just asked to, to pick a song and then write out a pitch for what our video for that song would be. And then they just picked the, the pitch for each song that they liked the best. Mm. Um, and, and I helped, I, I did get some like, you know, behind the scenes advice from Aaron about like, okay, like don't pitch this kind of thing. They like this. They'll probably like this more. And then I would send, I sent him like my initial idea and then he kind of suggested like some different tweaks and, um, and they, they picked my video for that song. So (laughs) it's like another one of those things where, you know, this random meeting at wizard world. Yeah. It goes um, to show you never know who you, yeah. who you meet, who they know, and where it's going to go. <laughs> yeah. So was that your first go at animation? Yeah, and I, I have to admit that I didn't do, like, the actual nuts and bolts of the animation. Um, there was a, an animator um, who she was interning for, like, Cartoon Network at the time. But mm-hmm. Eliza Kings was that's her name. And um, she did all the, the kind of the, the tough animation work, which I, I still have never done, but I did, I did all the background drawings and the drawings and I, I storyboarded it out and got all the timing down of where things should happen and went back and forth with her and she needed new drawings or do new drawings and, um, kind of worked that way. But yeah, that was the first animation I've, I've done. And then, you know, since then I've done some book trailers with, with different mm-hmm. animators, um, same kind of process where doing all the drawings and trying to work out the timing and everything. But you had mentioned the only other thing is it's not really a question, but you uh, you want to talk about because I know that right now at the Cartoon Art Museum there's an exhibit with some of your art. Yeah, so uh, at uh, Cartoon Art Museums in San Francisco, and um, they did a, a small show uh, when Darth Vader and Son came out of I think maybe a dozen pieces. Um, and this right now, there's actually an exhibition of, I think it's actually an even hundred pieces of, uh, artwork from, uh, Goodnight Darth Vader, Darth Vader and Friends, along with with some of the the preliminary sketches. So you can see, um, the cover sketches, the first sketches and how it develops into the, the finished artwork. And, um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'll actually be out there at the end of June, um, I'll do a, a artist talk, which I think is is um, limited. I think you have to get a ticket to um, go to that, and then, but then a public signing after. And um, I'm excited to to see that up there. How long is that exhibit going to be up? Do you know, it's actually going to be up through September, I think. So the Cartoon Art Museum, mm-hmm. they're they're actually going to be moving locations, and so this will be uh, going to be one of the last shows they have up and um i think they'll right right after they take the yeah. data artwork down they'll be moving i think everything up to move so 
But if you need another reason to go to San Francisco, that's a pretty that's a pretty great one right there. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for uh, for joining us today. Yeah. Um, how can people follow you, get in touch with you, do, see what you're doing? Um, yeah. Well, since since I I've steadfastly remained opposed to both Facebook and Twitter. Um, Good for you. Uh, I do have a blog, and um, I update it maybe once a month, sometimes once every three months, <laughs> sometimes a little. But I do update the events and upcoming releases a little bit more regularly. So, um, And that's jeffreybrowncomics.blogspot.com. And then you can also, I also have just a regular website, jeffreybrowncomics.com, which is basically never updated, and it's just linked to other people's websites who do update. Like the publishers' <laughs> websites and stuff, um, and yeah, and you know, and I, I'm fairly accessible. My email and PO box are in the backs of most of my books, so excellent. You can well, we get in touch with me there. We will link to the uh, to those sites, and we'll link to a few of your books. Um, the Darth Vader uh, four books are already out. Jedi Academy three, the Phantom Bully. Uh, is comes out at the end of June. Um, we will link to those as well. And um, you'll be out at San Francisco at the Cartoon Art Museum, you said the end of June? Yeah, I think it's June 25th, I believe. Are you also yeah. going to be at Comic-Con? Any other appearances people yeah, should know about? I'll, I'll be at uh, San Diego Comic-Con um, in July, so I should, should be there Wednesday through Saturday at the least, and Still working out the signing schedule, but we have at least one panel and a few signings, so um, you definitely find me there. Excellent. So if anybody's in San Diego this year, I will not, unfortunately. But if anybody's going to be out in San Diego, be sure to swing by, say hi to Jeffrey, pick up any and all of his books. You will not be disappointed. Um, Jeffrey, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. That's it for this week on the Great Big Beautiful Podcast. We are just wrapping up. This is episode 15. And, woohoo! Uh, we heard, yeah, woohoo. I hear <laughs> on Twitter that this means that this is going to be the death of our show. So oh, it's the death, or we're just going to keep going forever and ever. Yeah. yeah exactly. I, I've, heard, I've, heard, I've heard tell that 15 is the, the, uh, the, the benchmark. <laughs> well, we're going to be defying the odds. Maybe, maybe <laughs> Never tell me the odds. <laughs> people probably just give up at this point. Yeah. <laughs> They keep hoping for it to get better, and then by episode fifteen, they say eh, they're not. They're just not getting any better. I, I quit. Perfect. So uh, we uh, we saw a couple of people writing reviews on the show on iTunes. That's great. If you guys can continue to do that, that really helps uh, helps with our rankings, and you know, just to let other people know how awesome we really are. And uh, Stitcher as well. If you're, I know we have a few listeners on there. Um, if you could just leave some reviews for us, that would be fantastic. Even if they're awful, even if you hate it, just put it in. <laughs> yes, please. All right. So if you want to find us on Twitter, um, you can definitely contact us there. We're at the GBB podcast. And on Facebook, we're facebook.com slash GBB show. And I think that's everything uh, that I have everything. for this week. Cool. Jamie, it's been good. It's been a pleasure as always, sir. Until next week. Episode 16, where we will come back and not die. <laughs> Hopefully. Hopefully yeah, exactly. we won't suck. <laughs> Have a good week. You too.
This podcast has been a production of the Geek Dad Podcast Network. If you've enjoyed this content, please consider supporting us at patreon.com slash geekdad. The intro music on our show is provided by Key Theory. Go to kitheory.com 